Here we are, Oscar. We've made it to our second season. Are you ready to play some more board games? Yes, though I think we've been playing them in between. Yes, of course, we never stop. So last season we reviewed 12 board games. Do you want to try to make that number again? Sure, yeah. All right, so hang on and you can hear our first review of the year with um, Dune Imperium by Direwolf Games. I'm your host, Justin. And I'm your host, Oscar. And every month we come to you to review one of the favorite games that we like to play together as a family. For more information about our podcast and all the games that we love to play, please visit our website. Boardwithfamilygames.com. That's B-O-A-R-D with familygames.com. We would also love for you to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. The more followers we have, the more we will put up there. But uh, we want people to... Be able to see some of the games we're playing and um, interact with us. We we would love to have some questions from our listeners as well. So um, it's been a year, basically. We um, started our podcast last year. What do you think we learned from the first season? Um, make sure that we give enough information about the game. Yeah, we had a couple reboots on episodes as we didn't quite give enough info, right? Yeah. So we try to give a good um, mix here of both describing the game so that you can kind of get an idea if you would want to play this with your family and also give you an, um, just some sense of what that game is going to be like um, without getting too far into the weeds, right? Yeah. So um, this season, we're going to keep doing what we're doing. We've made a major change. We're going to go to a monthly format. It was um, kind of difficult at a point when we were going bi-monthly to both play enough board games to review them effectively. Don't you agree, Oscar? Mm -hmm. So by going to a monthly format, we can, you know, pace it out over 12 months. So we're going to spend 12 months doing this um, and or for our second season, and we should be able to do that. So it's going to take 12 games. Do we even have 12 games that we can review? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, we do. <laughs> we have many games. And one of the things that's exciting this season is that we have um, been backing a lot of games on Kickstarter, and those are going to start coming back um, throughout the year. And so hopefully we'll be able to um, introduce those games through the podcast as well. One scheduled for February. Crossing our fingers, it doesn't get delayed. Yep, so that's a game that Oscar's really excited about, Um called My Father's Work and involves um, a mad scientist (laughs) over like three generations trying to make masterpieces in the town. So master like evil science pieces. Yeah, like monsters. (laughs) So very excited about that one. Got a few others coming too. Um, But today we're going to talk about a game that we've been playing a lot throughout um, our hiatus. We uh, um, had kind of been holding off on playing it and then when we went um, to evacuate for a hurricane, we took it with, and then we've been playing it ever since. So what are we playing today? Dune Imperium. Okay, so this isn't to be confused. There's a number of board games out there with the Dune label. One's back from the 70s and has been rebooted. It's a fun one. Um, but the, the, um, there's also another game that we haven't played that just came out. But Dune Imperium is a huge game in the board gaming world. Lots of people have been playing it. It gets really great reviews, and we've loved to play it together too, right? Mm-hmm. So why Dune? Why do we? Why would we even have been drawn to this? Well, 
We love the book series, and by that I mean everyone in our family. Yep. So we've all read it. We all love it. You know, we're, by the entire series, we mean the original six, not the stuff that wasn't written by Frank Herbert. Yeah. <laughs> and what about the movie? Um, amazing. You should watch it. <laughs> so, you know, th- this game actually is the um, Dune from the movie. That's a kind of cool thing. Um, you know, as we said before, when we were talking about Harry Potter, the licensed products often aren't very good, but this one's amazing. We've loved playing it. Um, so it is a licensed Dune movie um, game. So what's kind of the, what is this type of game? What is Dune Imperium? Um, it's a deck, it's a cross between a deck building game and a worker placement game. So what's a deck place or deck building game? What does that mean? Um, Basically, you start off with a small deck, and you buy cards normally, and you build your deck up, making it stronger as you go. Okay, so not to be confused with a trading card game like Pokemon or Magic, where you're buying lots of stuff outside. This is self-contained, playing this um, game, building your deck throughout. Um, We talked in our first season, we did Harry Potter, um, Hogwarts Battle. That also was a deck-building game, if you want to go check out that past episode. So um, that's the deck building side. What about um, worker placement? Um, so a worker placement game is where you take a worker or and you place it on a on a place. It may cost you something to do that, but then you get a benefit from being at that place. Okay, and there's always a little bit of a tie or a um, push and pull with that because can I put my worker there after you've put your worker there? Often, no. Okay. So, um, you know, again, talking about games that we reviewed last season, Everdell was a game we loved that was also a worker placement game. So this is kind of taking a few different genres and shoving them together with their mechanics, and it's worked really well. This game is for ages 14 and up. Oscar is still not at that age, but um, as we always say, if a kid wants to play and is willing to learn it, you can get there. And so Oscar is probably the most winning person at this game in our family at this point. And it is a game for two to four players. So um, sit back. We've got a quick ad for you and then we will are from our sponsor. And then we will come back to you with our review of the game. We would love for you to sponsor us. So if you're interested in board games, please sponsor us and We'll be trying to probably sell some board games for anyone who's interested in them. And just contact us at our website, Board with Family Games. That's B-O-A-R-D with FamilyGames.com. And just contact us and... and... Sponsorships would include an ad spot right here on our pod- podcast every week. We'd love to have you join us. Why don't you talk us through the um, purpose and goal of the game? So the goal is that you get 10 or more victory points. So you're just getting points, that's it. Yeah, so you basically want to get victory points, but there are other resources that help you get said victory points. So like what? So like there's a spice melange that is used as like very valuable for going to some places. And there's the... Resource Solari, Mm -hmm. which is used to, like, buy stuff. Okay, so these are some of the things that you use, but how do you actually get the victory points? Um, If you win a combat, 
You get the reward that's often victory points. Okay, so we haven't even gotten to the idea that there's combat. We've talked about decks and worker placement, but there's a combat that we will have to get to as well, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay, what else? Um, buying the Spice Must Flow card. Okay, so there's some cards that, you know, again, this is a deck building game. You're going to add cards to your deck, so you are buying cards, and that some of those cards will give you a victory point. What else? Influence on the influence track with the four different factions... The Emperor, the Fremen, the Bene Gesserit, and the Spacing Guild. Okay, so this is basically you're able to, these are not actual players, but you're gaining influence with these different groups, and that's a way of getting victory points. Yeah, you can get, you all, you can get at least one victory point per track. Okay, and then there's one more way of getting a victory point. What is it? Um, intrigue cards. Okay, so we'll talk a little bit about what those are, but they're, uh, Different ways. So as you can see, there's a bunch of different ways to get these victory points, right? Mm -hmm. And so in every game, you're going to have to decide what you or what path you're going to take. So um, describe these components in the cards for us. They're on the side. There's a long track, which is the different factions. Uh, At the very top, there's the, the green space, which is where you can like buy stuff. Okay, so there's some different spaces there that you can, they're clearly marked yes. of that you But can you're not buying cards, you're like buying more troops or buying an influence or more influence throughout the game. There's also a place where you can make money, cities, and the desert itself. Okay, so there's all these different little places. They all have um, little symbols on them, right? So there's a green mm-hmm. triangle, there's a purple um, circle for um, the kind of note city, and then there's uh, an orange triangle for desert, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, each of the factions have their own special marker as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, so talk through a card then. What, what, what does a deck card look like? So... A deck card on the in the upper right corner is how much it costs to buy. Some of these cards you'll get started with the beginning of the game and won't have that. Okay. In the upper left, there's the name of the card, and then below that, it's faction, if it has a faction. It may not. Okay, so give us an example of what you have in front of you. The, the voice is its name. It costs two influence, which is kind of the currency used to buy cards. Okay. Below it says Benny Gesserit because it's used by the Benny Gesserit. Right. In middle, kind of mid left, is the spaces it allows you to go. It has the symbols that it allows your agents to go to. So in this case, it allows you to go to a city or a desert space, right? Yeah. All right. What else is on the card? Um. There's also an effect that. It allows you to do if you use it for an agent turn. Okay. So, with in the case of the voice, it says choose a, a board space. Opponents can't send send their next agent to that board space. So, if you chose one of the city spaces, they couldn't go to that specific city space. Okay. So until it's your turn again. So if you really wanted to go there, you could use this card to make sure that you get to go there, right? Yes. Okay. And then there's one more thing on the card. What's that? Um, on the bottom, it has little symbols and that's the, that's the effect you get if you use it for in your reveal turn. Okay. We're going to talk a little bit about reveal turn in a moment, but in this case, you've got a two. So that gives you two influence. Two influence. 
All right, great. So that's the primary card. That's what you're building your deck out of. Um, what other, you have some other cards in front of you. What are those? Um, the combat card, which it it just has a name of it, and the first, second, and third place prize. Okay, so that's the conflict card. So those are something that you know, as we said, there's a little battle that's going to help you decide what you'll win. And in this case, you win a victory point if you win that battle. Yes, but if you're playing a three player game. You can't make the third place prize. Okay, so the third place prize is there for fourth or for four players. Now talk about the intrigue cards. Okay, so there's three different types of intrigue cards. The combat intrigue card that makes you stronger in the combat or lets you save troops. And it's player playable when you're like right before you resolve the combat. An end game card that normally will give you victory points. If you meet a certain condition at the end of the game. Okay. And the plot card, which you can play whenever you want on your turn. And it gives you a, a, an effect. It's the most common card in the Intrigue deck. Okay, so there's different ways to get these cards. Lots of different things that can go on. Um, spaces you can go. Um, cards well, you can buy. Cards you can buy. It's, so there's a lot of ways to get them. But these are the primary cards that make up the deck. Um, for representation in this, um, racial and gender, the genders definitely leans male, but it you know goes back to the source material of the book series, which had a lot of men in it. But it does have some very strong um, women. Um, so there's and the Benny Gesserit are all women. So you definitely have a pretty good mix of male and female. And then the movie version certainly did a nice job of in, or introducing um, racial diversity as well. So there's um, a bit of that. Um, you have a lot of different colors of people and types of people in the game, which is wonderful to see. So, um, Oscar, talk about how long it takes and what it takes to set up this game. Um, the game can take some time to set up, but it's normally pretty fast. Okay, so what do you need to do? Um, you have to shuffle your starting decks. Okay, so... T- t- Talk about that starter deck real quick. What is that? So you get 10 cards that you have throughout the game. And they allow you to go to every type of board space. And they're the base of your deck. Okay, so everybody has the exact same cards, right? Mm -hmm. So you get those out there and you're ready to go. You pick a leader, which is basically who you are. Okay, and what makes you decide who you want to pick? Um... Their abilities. They have a, an ability that works all the time normally. And that, and I'm looking at Paul Atreides right now. His ability is Prescience. You may look at the top card of your deck at any time. Okay, so you you get the kind of little bit of foreknowledge you know what's coming next. That's kind of the benefit mm-hmm. of being Paul. All right, then what's the other ability? Um, The Signet Ring ability. That you can only use when you play one of the cards from your starting deck. And his is Discipline, which you just draw a card. Okay, so you get a you get the Signet Ring card in your initial deck of 10. You play that card, you get something. So everybody has a Signet Ring ability and then another ability that works for, towards their advantage throughout the game. Yes, and you might be surprised, but drawing a card can actually be very powerful. It definitely can. All right, and then the final thing you do before you're ready to play is what? You flip the initial conflict. Okay, so you build this little conflict deck, and then you flip the first one, and it kind of tells you what the um, 
first battle is and if you want or so you know if you want to go for it. Okay, so with all that, you're ready to play. Why don't you just talk us through one individual turn? First, you would play down a card that will allow you to send an agent to the board spaces listed on it. Let's say I played the voice, and I wanted to go to a place that costs one water. Then I would spend one water to go there and earn the reward of two spice. Okay, so that's um, Hagabasin. It costs one water. You spend the water, you get two spice. Yeah. Cool. So um, you know, you're making a trade-off. What else can you do at that location? Um, you can send up to two troops into the conflict. Okay, so on your board, you have a conflict area, right? Mm-hmm. And um, what are the two se- sections that you as a player have to worry about? Um, first and second place. Well, no, that, not that's the um, what you need to win. But on the board, there's the garrison. Oh, yeah, and then the, and then the in conflict. Okay, so um, you have troops that are going to be in garrison. You only start with three. But then when you go to certain spaces that have a little cross swords on it, that means you can send in uh, troops. Yeah, you can send in troops you earn in that location Plus up to two troops from your garrison. Okay, so some um, things will allow you to put troops into the conflict. Some will allow you to put troops into your garrison. This is a um, resource that you're managing throughout the game to decide if you want to win that um, conflict or not. And Sometimes you're going to go all in, and sometimes you're just going to hang back because you don't think you're going to get there, right? Yeah, I never recommend having more than about four Troops in the conflict. Uh, there's times, but <laughs> yeah. anyway, you're gonna. Ha- this is something you'll be managing um, as well. So you have all these different resources. You know, we've talked about Solari, Melange, um, troops, and water. Mm-hmm. All resources that you have to manage. And every space is going to give you something. It's going to give you cards. It's going to give you troops in the garrison or in the conflict or some of these resources. All right. So you've decided where you want to go. Then what happens? Then you take an agent from your supply of up to three agents, depending on whether or not you went to a certain space. Okay, so you only ha- each um, round you only you start with two. You can go up to three, so it's not a lot of spaces. All right. Yeah. Okay, keep going. So you put your agent down. You pay the cost, if any, of going to that space. Then you gain the reward. Okay, and so that's basically what you do. Goes on to the next player. Your um, card stays down in front of you. It stays in play through the entire round. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, that's the basics of a turn. You keep going around like that. And then at some point, you, you run, run out. out of agents. Okay, so what are you going to do at, at that point? Then you're going to do a reveal turn. In which case, you reveal your hand. You can't put any agents down. But on the bottom of each card... They often give you a small reward. So, let's say it's Sardukar Infantry. You would gain one influence and would get an extra two into your battle. Okay, so again, that influence is the um, currency you use to buy cards. Uh-huh. And then the two little swords um, co- are, are your combat power. Yeah, so, that, so you would set your conflict power with an extra... Plus two because of your two little swords on the Sardaukar infantry. And then you'd spend that one influence on whatever you wanted out in the market. Okay, so 
let's we got two things here. Let's talk about them separately. Let's first talk about buying the card. So you've got this influence. You lay it down. You'll have a certain amount of um, influence. You know, it often is like four to even as much as nine or ten that you'll have in a turn. I think we've made twelve at most. Okay, so you've, you've got a certain amount that you're going to be dealing with. You've got um, what's called Imperium Row. You'll have five cards laid out that you are allowed to buy from as well as two um, generic cards that are always available to you um, if, in case or in case you want to buy them. And so you take your influence. Let's say you have four. You pick a card that from Imperium Row worth four, and then you add it to your discard pile. Or you could do any combination that adds up to at most four. Exactly. Now, for combat, you look at how many troops you have in the conflict, mm-hmm. multiply it by two, and then you add in the swords. So if Oscar yeah. had two troops in the battle and I'm, he played down the Sarda card for a tree. I would have six strength in the conflict. All right. And so he marks that on the board. There's a little track to tell you how much he has. And then he's done. Yeah. Okay. Once every player's taken their reveal turn, what happens? Then you resolve the conflict. So that would mean that you would first do you would first go until everyone has passed from playing combat entry cards. Okay, so let's start up. Let's say Oscar's got his six and I have eight. Eight. Um, and so that's where we are at the beginning. And so um, Oscar revealed first. And so what would you decide to do? Um, I decided to play the Master Tactician. I could either get plus three bonus to my conflict or I could retreat up to three of my troops. I figure if I get the plus three, I win. Let's get the plus three. Uh, okay, so he plays down his combat card. Now he's winning. Comes to me. I don't have any entry cards. Therefore, the conflict is over. Oscar has won a victory point, and I get second place, which in this case is two Solari and an entry card that I can use in a future turn. Yes, and sometimes on rare occasion, you might actually want second place more than first. It, it definitely happens. All right, and then um, that's pretty much the round. You take your agents back. You pass the first player token. That's a token that just gets passed around, and each round everybody has a new uh, or the, the, a new person's first. You flip a new conflict flick card, and then it starts over, and you just keep doing this until someone makes ten victory points, or you run out of combat cards in your conflict deck. Which we have never done. We have always, um, somebody's made it to their 10 victory points by the end. Honestly, I think we did once or twice in the early games. Yeah, but before we knew how to play, we it might have happened. But other, once we got going, it did happen. So, um, for complexity, this game is fairly complex. There's a lot of strategy to it. There's a lot of decisions that you have to make. There's a lot of stuff going on on the board. So, it's definitely something that's going to take a little while. Um, we, you know, we started playing it and it took a, it it took a good while before I felt that we had true confidence in that we were playing it well. Yeah. But once you figure out how to play it well, it stays just as fun. if not a little bit funner. I mean, I've had experience in some games. It's less fun when you, it's more fun when you don't know how to play. Yeah. But this is definitely one you, once you get going you, and you know how to play, you want to keep playing because it's, um, it's got a lot of choices you can make and a lot of different ways you can play it based on how or what starts or what you start off with. Yeah. Like game. your first turn hand, 
could affect you for the rest of the game. Yeah. Um, one of the things I'll throw out there that was hard for us at first and something that's a really important thing in a deck building game like this is you do trash cards. Um, and that doesn't mean literal trash. It just means they go away for the um, remainder of the game. But that's an important thing to do because it helps you manage your deck size. But it's something that goes against our general instincts. So we that's something that we've had to work really hard at is being eager to throw cards away because sometimes that's the best strategy you can have. Personally, I've developed my strategy so that I have much I have fewer cards that aren't very helpful in my yeah. deck. Yeah, basically it's about deck management and that's something you'll have to learn if you're playing this game. So, what about um frustration and family strife? What has this caused? Um not much much um it's caught it can cause some it can be frustrating if someone like like you had you're planning to go to a place like you had everything set up you're going to make a power play and like maybe win the game that turn and then someone sneaks in the win or like stops you from going to that place that you need to go to. Yeah, no, I agree. There's not a lot because, I mean, it's a competitive game. You go in knowing that. And um, there's no ganging up. It, do- it doesn't work that way. You can't really gang up on a person. You can't. Like sometimes you, like sometimes you both are like really working at the conflict to stop one person from winning the game. Yeah. But that's, but you can like put your troop together and both get second place yeah. prize or some weird thing like that yeah, no so it, it works really well we have you know I, I will say I um I have only won once of all the times we've played I've only won one time and I always want to go back and play more it's still fun to lose I'm you know I don't know why I just this is a game that I have to work harder at and but I've really enjoyed it um, for a number of players, as we always say, we play with three players. It plays very well with three players. I imagine it would play well with four um, as well. And you tried it as a two-player game. It worked amazing. Yep. So they actually have what, – what do they have to allow for a two-player game? Um, so they basically set up a system of a dummy player. It can't win the game, but it's like you're having a slight – you're having a slightly stronger, slightly weaker in some ways – version of a nor- of a normal player that just can't win. Yeah, it, it adds a good um, mix to it. and we, we really enjoyed playing this game two-player. This will come out regularly for two-player games um, for us in the future. Honestly, I'm not sure if it should, if it, if when it, if it could win the game, if it would have won, yeah. won the game. It, it did well. There is a one-player version as well. We have not tried that yet. Um, for storage and protection, the initial box is good. It comes with a limited number of baggies. As we said, there are a lot of components. We added a couple of small baggies in, but everything fit well within the box. There is a more expensive version um, that you can buy of a storage system um, that has ability to store everything um, even better. But as I said, the initial box stores well uh, overall. Yeah, and the more expensive box just kind of like makes... Like the little pieces that worked fine, cooler looking. Yeah, it comes with some little statues. It's yeah, the, like statues as your agents and your people. So it's neat, but it's also a full storage solution. Um, it is, or we definitely sleeve these cards. You want to sleeve these cards. There's a lot of cards you're handling, so I mm-hmm. strongly recommend doing that. Um, there is an expansion coming out for this. Um, 
Rise of X, but we have not played that yet. Yeah, and with our knowledge of the books, we're guessing that means that the Ixian faction is going to come into play. Sounds right to me. All right. Overall, Oscar, what do you think? Should people play Dune Imperium? Yes. Yeah, we love this game. There's a reason why it has so much hype and is so popular in board game circles. I would strongly recommend playing it. Thank you for joining us for our review of Dune Imperium by Direwolf Games. Um, Please follow us on our website for more information about this and other games we love to play. BoardWithFamilyGames.com That's B-O-A-R-D with FamilyGames.com there you can you know again see the, um, the games we're playing see some pictures get some um, hints on different things that we like to play games with some different our merchandise um, also please follow us on Twitter Facebook and review our podcast that helps us grow the podcast in season two to be even bigger and better but um, I'm excited to keep playing games and um, doing season two with you Oscar what about you This is going to be fun. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Justin. And I'm your host, Oscar. Bye.